What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers, an award-winning beer magazine, and a tasty snack. The second you sign up, they'll send them out in the post here. And you can't catch Corona from the post. All you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery, and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time. Sign up now at beer52.com slash word. That's our exclusive link. That's B-E-E-R 52.com slash W-O-R-D. You'll claim your free case of beer, and for every person that signs up via that link only, they slide us a little bit of money. That supports the podcast. It helps us out. It's win-win. So do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Good morning, job seekers. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Catch me outside. How about that? Have you never seen me before? Upset me, nasty bitch. I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel like podcasting. Two mics, two lids, and a lot of time on their hands. This is Havawad. Shut down dailies. Let's get through this mess together. Hold up, I said. Hold up now, because your rover is dead. Hi. It's the sound of the police. What's happening? Yes, I'm very good, Adam. Thanks for asking. What a lovely and cordial way to start the episode. I'm great. How (laughs) the fuckity fuck are you? I'm all right. I've had quite a productive uh, 36 hours, 20 foot, whatever. About day and a half, I've been getting some shit done. Nice. Uh, Tidying around the house, being editing me uh, or doing the edit notes, I should say, for my stand-up special that's going to come out when, soon. When's that dropping? I I haven't got a date yet because I haven't got the first full edit back yet from the editor. Um, I when, reckon I'll have that. So within, when it's ready, it's getting dropped. When it's ready, basically, I reckon I'll have it back within three or four days, and I reckon there'll be another week for a second edit. And normally the second edit's good enough, but it might need a third one. So I'm I'm hoping by the end of April I'll be able to announce it. And I, I think I've come to a little decision um, just to boost our Patreon numbers. I think, I think I'm going to lash it on our Patreon a few days before I put it on YouTube. So if you're one of our patrons, you'll get to see the stand-up special a few days before anyone else. Nice. Really nice. Um, how long's the actual run of stand-up in the, uh, in the show? Because I know it's not like a full hour, is it? Um, no, so there's about four, uh, 35, 40 minutes of stand-up. It's two, it's two club sets, essentially. So oh, beautiful. A, as any comics listener know, when you do a, a club set on a weekend, you tend to do about 20 minutes. Um, and this special is essentially two completely different sets filmed back-to-back on the same night at the Comedy Store in London um, <laughs> with a little break in the, in the middle where I went for a little wander around Leicester Square. Nice. <laughs> with the with occasional noises from the back of the room from some of the older comics who haven't got two 20-minute sets. <laughs> They've got one 20-minute set and some B-sides. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? 20 minutes doesn't sound that long when you do an hour to an hour and a half of podcasting fucking daily. But, my God, 20 minutes when you're having the time of your life whips by. You just look down, especially when you get when you get good and you've practiced and you've been doing this shit a while, and you're like, yeah, I've got like a 20 minute set, that big bit, two of those new bits. Fuck, I've got four bits. Four or five bits can be 20 minutes. And yeah. when you're having a blinder, you look down and you're like, oh, I must have done about eight. Oh, fuck, I've done 17. <laughs> shit, I'll have to cut that and I'll just have to finish on that. And when you're dying on your hoop and everyone, it's when you're having a bad one and it doesn't matter how good you are as a comic, there's always one in the post. It might be like coming from a long way out. It might be like due tomorrow, whatever, but it's always on the cards. When you have a stinker, you're like, 
like, fuck, I must have done 20. And you look down and you go, 11? Fucking... <laughs> 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 Cunty audiences mess with time like Doctor Who. It's a fucking nightmare. You're like, have you slowed time, you bunch of pricks? I was, um, I- I'm very happy with sort of, I haven't seen the full, I've only seen the, the stand-up shot from one angle so far. We had like four or five angles in there, different cameras. Uh, I've seen one, but I'm really happy with how it went. Like I've watched it back and gone, I actually had a really good night there. You know, you, you've had two sets where you've been on. The Late Show in particular, like the early show is really good, I think, but the set of the, the Late Show, it's my favourite material. And um, I'm gutted that I'm putting it out a little bit because it means when we come back, I can't do it anymore because so many people will see it that when I come back to doing normal gigs, um, well, I hope so many people see it if people watch it, then then I won't be able to do a gig so I'm going to have to write some new stuff I'm burning my best material um, but that's what all but I'm really the happy good with so far. American I can't wait to see do, the final it? edit you're doing what all you're doing what we've held up on a pedestal since we started this podcast and to be fair we, you and me have talked about this for the last few years there's comics that, that churn it over there's comics that don't and there's there's everything in between and also you go through periods where you're productive and there's got you go through periods where you're doing other stuff and you put stand up you're not as for whatever reason it's just not right at the forefront I mean I haven't had loads you mean of other like stuff like right now <laughs> <laughs> but I mean you're doing what all the great comics do that we we love you're doing that thing of like well it was great it's all blinding stuff but it's gotta go because this new stuff can grow underneath it my, my intention is when we come back from um, being quarantined my intention is to have a new really good 20 minute club set within a month I'm going to go to hot water like three nights a week for a month and just get that set ready I've, I've kept about 10-15 minutes of stuff off the special that I, that I know I can sort of intertwine with the brand new stuff um, have you been yeah, in your I notebook hope. have you been in your notebook a lot um, no, not a lot. I had an idea before for a new bit that I'm going to try and flesh out maybe later tonight. I'm going to sit down and actually try and go through it a bit. Um, I've got one potential first team starter. That's what it feels like now. It feels like I don't. Re- I really don't want to wind any fo- fo- football fans up from a certain team, but it feels like the whole first team of my uh, stand-up comedy football squad just got wiped out by the Rona. And like yeah. maybe one or two are going to survive as the seniors. And I've got a, you, that first game back. I really want to blood all of these new. I just yeah. feel like, how are you going to get back on stage and start talking like it's it, it's February? I just I feel like <laughs> yeah. the the crowds are, there's going to be such an, a weird atmosphere of like oh we're excited to be watching comedy you're excited to be doing it we've just lived through the Rona shutdown which is all everyone's twatting on about right so that's understandable but then I also think the reason people have enjoyed this podcast is because it's not like we've ignored it and we've been honest about how we felt we've talked about anxieties and talked about good days and bad days but we've We've laughed about stuff that's got nothing to do with it. And I think there'll be yeah. an element of that with the audiences. They'll be like, oh, man, I don't want to listen to every dickhead. Mark, you're just like... I'm never, ruined. ever, ever... I've made a rule for myself. Like, I might briefly... Like we do in this podcast. Yeah. I might briefly go... Like, there might be a little line that I say which slightly references being locked down or corona or whatever. I'm not coming out of this with a fucking five-minute stand-up routine about coronavirus or what it's like to be quarantined or, hey, what was it like living with your missus? Well, didn't you get sick of that bitch's face? I'm not yeah. doing that because you're going to go into a weekend bill That's as we wrong. do with four other comedians or three or four other comedians and at least one of them is going to be doing exactly that on every bill for about six months and I want to go on stage with normal good stand-up that I'm happy with and back, get back to normal okay if it pops up or reference it if there's a, a if there's a bit of crowd work that becomes an open goal I think a lot of compares are going to have to take that bullet I think a lot of compares are going to have to go out for that first few weeks of comedy and being back are going to be like guys we're back it hasn't it been audible anyway here's three fucking great comedians I think the compares are going to have to drop a little hint in and do that gardening for us and go, look, we all know where we've been. Here's a comedian with 20 minutes of actual stuff. But good crowds and good comics 
have that natural inclination. They have, and everyone's got a personal threshold of what they will and won't talk about. Like, if you look at Danny Mac, who, for my money, is if he's not the best MC in the land, like he's a, a brilliant comic. I mean, he is a belm sometimes, but he is a fucking amazing comic, isn't he? Yeah, and he is. I think probably one of the best comp. I think he might be the best compare. Watch him never say the word coronavirus or COVID nineteen. He <laughs> never will because he because no. he he he's he was sick of it while while Wuhan were in lockdown because his because <laughs> he's got the highest threshold I've ever seen for if someone else can do a bit on it it better be one of the four comics that he respects or. He's basically gone, oh, you've ruined that now. He treats subject matter and a lot of good, really good comics. And, I, and, I, and I'm not saying Danny Max this, but like Acaster's got that touch. You watch James Acaster and you're like, where's, where's this? Where have you, how do you, you must have left so much low hanging fruit to just ignore it. His, it's basically like, you know, when you, you're dating, when you're young and like one of your mates has got off with a girl and then someone will have gone out with another girl and they'll be like, some guys are like, oh, fuck it, I don't give a shit. We're, we're out and she's she look, looks good in that dress and you're going to get off with her. And you're like, wasn't she like your best mate's girlfriend about a year ago? Like some guys just don't give a shit and they'll do it anyway. Danny Mac is the comedic equivalent of the guy who's like, did you even look in her direction? Because if so, <laughs> I'm done with it. Did you once... Hot, like put your arm around her no fuck she's done she's done yeah she, yeah he is like that and I he's think very like, very particular me, about what he will and won't talk about for me he he goes a bit far with it at times where he's like oh what what you doing you're doing a bit about confectionery oh that guy there's a comic from he doesn't do stand-up anymore but he had a great bit about confectionery in 2002 so i wouldn't do a confectionery bit and i'm always like there's only a finite amount of subjects we can talk about but i respect him so much for it and you're so fucking right there's no way danny mac is coming danny mclaughlin by the way if you we're, we're giving props to our mate here um if you if you want to go and check him out he's got quite a lot of crowd work videos from hot wars a comedy club on YouTube so just search Danny McLaughlin Hot Water Comedy Club you'll get loads of clips um, but yeah I do think you're right like let's I, I, can we do a little mini top five just off the top of our heads of top five compares in the country I know you don't want me to put you in it but you're in mine even though you don't do it can much you, anymore can we can you deselect me on a technicality of one it's a bit cringy to be in the conversation and two I so don't want to be in that conversation anymore <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> yeah. done because some promoter will listen to this and go, oh, Adam, I think Adam's brilliant. And, oh, yeah, he rates Dan as a compare. I'll try and book him as a compare. And I'll be like, upset me, nasty bitch. Um, Can you explain? Because we've got a lot of non-industry um, listeners muggled. of this podcast. Thousands, literally thousands. Yeah. Right. So... We, we've we've referenced this on the podcast a couple of times when we both got nominated in the Chortle Awards and you were nominated as best compare and you said you didn't want people to vote for you it's essentially because you don't want to be booked to compare you want to be booked to do a set explain to people why you don't like hosting but you you and you prefer doing a set what what is it now I love stand-up and I love doing all forms of stand-up but I've been doing it 18 years and what I find is you've got to look after y your love of stand-up because I don't want to end up like one of these guys. The opposite end of the spectrum of Danny Mac is the guys who straight after the Rona will be out of the shutdown going, who's drinking? I was in shutdown and it was bloody boring. How much did you masturbate, guys? A load. <laughs> going, corona, corona, corona. Like, I just don't want to end up like one of them pessimistic, cynical fuckers. And I think the way you do that is you've got to look at, and, I, and this goes for other people's careers. If you know something is bugging you, pestering you, it's making you not enjoy the thing that you love, dodge it, avoid it. Not permanently, not forever. Some things are just part of the game. But like, there are a couple of promoters who make me hate working for them. So I put them like on the substitutes bench, you know, like next year's booking will come round and I'll avoid them and dodge their emails because I need a break from them. There's some gigs that it's not even the promoter. It's just a gig bugs me. The Birmingham loft that used to be a jongler's. I can't do it. It makes me hate stand up. It's just yeah. something about that room and that street in Birmingham. I love Birmingham. It's fucking the glee's around the corner. It's amazing. And comparing in the last two or three years has started to make me feel those same feelings of like I yeah. introducing acts to a perfectly nice crowd 
where a, a promoter, the guy who's booked the other acts, is a fucking donut. And he's put the fucking headliner in the middle. He's put an act that shouldn't be on the bill to open. And then some co- another compare to close. And you are responsible for it. It's a long night. You're there at the start. You're there at the end. It's, a, it's becoming stand-up that I don't enjoy as much as a set. So... The caveat to that is there are still loads of gigs I do enjoy comparing. Like Beat the Frog, I've got a couple of gigs in Shrewsbury, the high-flying leads, there's still gigs that I enjoy comparing. But yeah. I just, I'm trying basically to just do those on the sly. So when I got nominated for the Chortle Award, it's a ball lake. When I won Best Compare at the Northwest Comedy Awards, it's a ball lake. It's a, it's a compliment but it's like an unwanted compliment because I like it that people like my stuff, but there is a knock-on effect to everyone going, you're brilliant at that. Cause I'm like, I'm almost like, shut up though. Shut up. I don't want, it's fine. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's because I've compared since 2002. And while I was doing all those comparing gigs, I wasn't doing sets. So I've seen people get better at sets than me. And now I just want to do sets, man. I bet you do ninety percent sets, don't you? Ninety-five percent sets. I do, and th- there's there's a, a couple of levels to why that is. First of all, as we've mentioned a few times, I'm very, very, very competitive. Now, this might sound a bit arrogant, but I will put myself over twenty minutes against almost any act in the country. I think I can do as good a job as ninety-nine percent of the comedians in this country over a 20-minute club set. I remember I three years ago, if you'd have said that to me, I'd have been like, all right, Adam, we'll see you down at the Frog. And then about two years ago, you were in front of me on the bill, and I was like, right, okay, yeah, Adam's getting really annoyingly good, yeah. That's fair enough. It's not arrogance. It's just, you're just being honest about where you're at. Well, I've I've worked to get to that position. Like, I've always felt like I deserved to be a comic, but I've never felt, until recently, I didn't feel like I could say that out loud, but I've just said but when it comes to comparing, I absolutely do not put myself in that bracket. So because I'm not one of the best at, be, at being a compare, I don't want to do it. It's the same way. I don't play Call of Duty because I'm shit at it. I play FIFA because I'm fairly good at FIFA and I know I can be competitive. So there's that. And also, and this is going to sound even more arrogant than what I've just said, when you're comparing, it's never really about you. It's about setting the gig up for the so, next guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Comedy is an egotistical job. You're walking on stage and you're demanding the attention of a room and we've all got a bit of an ego with it. And when when you're doing a set, especially if you're headlining, if you're the headline act at a good comedy club, they'll go, right, you're meant to do 20 minutes, but if you're having fun, do whatever you fucking want. Do whatever you want. Let it roll. If you can headline a gig and you can just, this is my gig now. You've had the opener, they've had the second act, they've had the compare all night, but it's now my gig and I can sort of do whatever I want with it. When you're comparing, you're in charge of the whole gig, but it's never actually yours because as soon as you start having a good time, you've got to get off the stage and bring another act on. And guess what? If it is your night, you get criticised for it. Yeah. You you go like, people are like, mate, you were grandstanding. I've had, I've done it. I've done it long enough. I grew up as a stand-up. I've had comics go, that was too long. I've had comics go, great. Could you just tone it down? I remember the story from the Frog and Bucket years ago where uh, Peter Kay was comparing, and Peter Kay famously couldn't give a fuck what anyone thought about him. But one of the other acts said to the owner, Dave, mate, you can't have him as compare. He's too funny. And uh, Dave... (laughs) Dave sacks him the next night, pulled him off the bill. He was like, I never want to ever hear a a comic who's meant to be being paid to do comedy say that I can't put someone who's funny on as a compare. Now, I get why Dave sacked him. It's a bit dramatic. It's it's back in the day. It's the Wild West. It's the late nights. I'm 100% on board with that. But but it's weird how I've seen compares have a brilliant night and then all of a sudden, the act, through no fault of the compares, can't follow them. And everyone's like, well, it's not a great comparing job. So basically being funny isn't the most important thing. It's one of the things. If a party kick off, you're like, oh, compare's going to have to take a bullet here. It becomes very functional. It re- it's, yeah. it's a bit, I don't know. It's like being a sportsman and having a second sport. You're like, I just want to do the main sport. I want to be the fucking, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's but, what, that's like, what it's essentially, about. Essentially, the compare's the goalkeeper and you want to play football you don't want to be diving about in goal all night trying to stop the opposition scoring. You yeah. want to get on, on, on the pitch and score some goals yourself. <laughs> you feel like going, I've got great pace. I could get right up there. I've got a lovely, <laughs> I've got a lovely finish. Like just stay in goal, no bed. Just run it from the back. <laughs> and 
And there's the old cliche as well, which is 100% true. The audience absolutely do not respect you as a comic when you're in the compare. Even if you murder it, you can have audiences come up to you at the end of the show and go, do you know what, babe? We thought you were so good that you could actually do stand-up. You could be a comedian. Why don't you give comedy a go? <laughs> Upset me, nasty bitch. What do you think I've been doing all night? <laughs> it's and, and you know... At first, I, I remember when I started out and I and I was doing about 75% compare and I must have been like 24, 25. And I used to go, no, no, I do do, I do, do sets. <laughs> and then after about five, six years, you realise you just have to be like, yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> like, you should do, you should do a turn. You should be one of the, this is the killer line. Oh, there's the compare. Oh, we thought you were brilliant. Really quick shot. Very funny. We thought you should be one of the comedians. <laughs> and and the best thing to do is just be like well I don't know you you're a bit of a fuckwit and you don't mean any harm but what is the point of going oh it's no point <laughs> just just be like yeah nice one I'll give it a go do you know what when I'm up there and I'm introducing those acts I can't believe that I never thought maybe I'll give this a crack maybe I'll just yeah good one do you know when I do like comparing when I do sort of like hosting the gig this is one of the I don't mind doing it a hot water midweek because that's fun. Um, and you're trying to get crowd work videos out because they record everything. Yeah. But also, whenever I'm working on a new show, so when I, if I'm about to go on tour or to the Edinburgh Festival, when I'm trying to put a new hour together, I normally book like four nights for like three different weeks in hot water. So I'll do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a hot water in the small room. We'll, we'll make the tickets like three quid and we fill every single night just so I can do some new material. But I turn them into Adam Rowan friends nights. Yeah. So I go on and I host and bring two acts on in the first section to do like 15 minutes of new stuff each. So I've done comparing at the top, but I can do as long as I want because it's my show. I bring me mates on, they do a bit and then we have a break and then after the break I do like 40 minutes of actual stuff. That's when I love doing a bit of crowd work and comparing because I'm like, this is a this is my night, do you know what I mean? If we... If we when we get out of the fucking roll now, right? I we've been talking about it, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything out of school here. When we do live shows, and we hope we get regular live shows going and things booked in, but I will, I'll be the first on. I think it's the natural way of it. If we're going to do some stand up in the first section, it'll be me starting the show. I've compared for so long. I'll do some chatting. I'll do some stuff, and I'll introduce you, and you'll do some stuff, and that will be an absolute fucking pleasure. That yeah, is different. I don't hate comparing. I hate loads of other things ar weirdly around it. Like it's hey, not. It's not as a compare. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And 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 just on a, a self, it's like when the money's the same because often the headliner gets paid the same as the compare. They're not underpaid, but the compare has to be there at seven thirty and is the last person off the stage. First person on, first person on, last person off the stage. The headliner, even if you're not doing another gig, you can, what time do I? You need me for quarter past ten. I'll see you at nine fifty-five. Roll in. <laughs> you can have tea with your family. Oh, we'll watch the first bit of that. Oh, we'll watch a whole episode. Then I'll go to work. Well, the compare's like, oh, what's your name? Oh, really? Happy birthday, Claire. <laughs> fucking nightmare right but I'm telling you man I'm ready I know there's there's more shutdown to go but I'm ready I've got four new bits and if you look at them as a, a new Premier League team coming through I'm going to keep two old veterans I'm going to keep them from the old team and I've got one absolute worldy young lad I've sketched it down I think it's a belting bit it's going to be fucking great and then I've got three ideas that are probably going to be youth players that get about four starts in the first team and then get sold to Shrewsbury that's how that's going to go <laughs> I just you know and you're like oh that's a good idea and then you look at it for the third time you're like yeah it's probably dog shit but <laughs> <laughs> just can't wait to you've say new like, things you've got an old reliable at the back you've got John Terry just there just everything's going to be fine you're a safe pair of hands I'm a bit of a cunt you don't really like me anymore but I'll keep the game on our terms. And then you've got Mbappe and Sancho just fucking running around. You're not quite sure whether it's going to work properly, but once or twice a week, they're going to put something in the back of the net. Yeah. And then you've just got, then you've got, I've probably got those, a couple of those ideas. I'm looking at them going, you might not even get a first team start, mate. You might yeah. be like one of those ones who's like, yeah, he did get, he got a youth contract at Liverpool. Yeah, he but he now gets he plays on Tuesdays when I'm getting paid a hundred quid. He's not a he's not a two hundred quid on a Saturday night level player. Yet. I've got some Carabao's. I've got some Carabao Cup fucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jilly Bean in Texas, that got very niche. That got very fucking niche. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's not just it. We've got another Texan listener, you know. Oh, we've got two. Today. Yeah, but he's we've a scouser. Texan listeners. We've got loads of Aussies. We've got loads of people across mainland Europe. Oh. Um, <laughs> Can it be like, what is this hot water? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? What what was what was Hancock in front of? This is the most Orwellian 1984 shit. And then they saw oh, the, the pictures. The picture and of huge... Mark Hancock at the NHS thing. And it, and it the hot water pipes and it just said hot water in blue and hot water yeah. was trending on my main Twitter news thing and it had like 20,000 tweets I was like holy shit the lads are gonna fucking love this and then as I was going into the tweet I was like someone's died <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how many policemen have rushed the club while it was closed to get 20,000 retweets? Shall we crack this fucker on? I'd like to tell you about Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car body work and customisation services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. We are a well-trusted family-run business doing work for major companies such as Arnold Clark and Direct Line. We are passionate about our work. We thrive on perfection. This is a quote from a happy customer. Trans Alloy Wheels, and I'm deadly serious when I say it, it's the best finish I've ever seen on a set of wheels. Their attention to detail is commendable. We add value to your car at low cost with specialist trained technicians and the latest tech and experience using the same factory manufacturing techniques as the biggest car companies. We can repair the wheels as new finish. If you can't afford a new car because of the owner, come and have your wheels colour changed or refurbed. All Have A Word listeners will receive 25% off everything we do. And what we offer is powder coating, diamond cutting, painting, new tyres, acid stripping and shot blasting, tyre fitting and removal, well crack repairs and buckles, car body repairs, pickup delivery service and insurance work. We've got a 4.7 on the old Google review, we've got five-star Facebook reviews. Find us on Facebook, Insta, or online. That is Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Ah, thank you. Okay, boys, let's do another feature already. Uh, we've got some breakup stories, Adam. We got Have some, we really? We've got yes! a couple, and I just thought we asked for them, and people have helped out. Now, uh, Again, if you send anything into us at haveawordpod at gmail.com, try and avoid Twitter, Instagram, or sending it individually, haveawordpod at gmail.com. I'm so sorry if you've sent something in and you're like, well, oh, you've not got around to my thing. We get a load of stuff in. Do send your, your stuff in, your stories, anything you've got, your breakup stories, your dead granddad stories. We've had some absolute blinders. Anything you think, any questions... Anything you want to have, if you want us to have a word with one of your friends or family members, do let us know. Have a word pod at gmail.com. These breakup stories have just come in, and because we asked for them specially, I thought we'd give them a crack. So, uh, this one wants to be kept anonymous. Fucking pussy. Oh, Jesus. It's, um, it's just one of his uh, in, uh, very first breakups. So, <laughs> Can I just say, sorry, before we start, because I've just said, oh, Jesus. Someone messaged us uh, on Twitter yesterday yeah. and said, the the one thing I want on the first piece of merch that you guys put out is, oh, Jesus. I was like, we can't do that because we've kind of stolen that from another comic. <laughs> right. So here's something that uh, Danny Mac wouldn't do on a podcast. He wouldn't say, oh, geez, <laughs> because... That's me and Adam. That's a little in joke for anyone that knows Bill Burr's podcast. That's yeah. the month. That's from the Monday Morning podcast. It's what old Billy Red Bulls. He says all the time, "Oh Jesus," and that's just. It's we're not stealing it. It's just a reference. It's just a to homage it. in it. It's, it's just a. It's definitely that's right. That's the right word, Adam. And if you put it on a uh, a piece of you're merchandise, your mars a fucking homage. You've sucked off a homage in a fucking homage bar. Um, Go on, you got a breakup story. Yeah, yeah. You can't put "Oh Jesus" on a on a fucking mug because then it's not a homage. Then it's theft. It's intellectual property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then beyond that, there's Christians going. Well, actually. Uh, <laughs> all right, Alan and Dave. Yes, mate. Yes, anonymous. Good. What for the first time ever, someone's fucking with Roland's name. All right. you know what? I've, I've got to tell you something here. Now, this is not going to help me long term because everyone's going to start calling me Alan now. For almost no reason, 
I can't remember what it was. My nickname for about four years at school was Alan. It's <laughs> <laughs> a f- fucking unimaginative mate you had at school. <laughs> I bet when Thai came out, they were like, whoa, we've really upped our game on this one, lad. No, well, Thai came first. I had Thai and I had Quasimodo. Oh, um, were- Adam. Oh, no. He's got a, he's got a lazy eyelid, hasn't he? So... Oh, but that, mm. I mean, fucking hell. Thigh eyes creative. Back, hunchback of Dovecock shops. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, when I got to like year nine, me, me nickname became Alan. Right. Do you remember I, why? I can't remember why, but I can't believe whoever's written in has called me fucking Alan. Well, yeah. Do you know what? It's weird what sticks. We, we had a mate growing up called Alistair, and we started all calling him Steve. And he hated it. So it stuck. I really think it's one of them where you're like, if he'd have just gone, huh? he went, why, why the fuck are you calling me Steve? And then like absolute piranhas, everyone's like, call him Steve, call him Steve and never call him Alistair. And honestly, it lasted fucking years. And then someone goes, why, why, what's that about? And you're like, oh, I don't know. We're dickheads. It just came out of nowhere. All right. Alan and Dave. This is off the fucking tracks. How's it going? Got a bit of a breakup story for you. Going to make it short and sweet because it's a proper bad one was 16 years old at the time already I'm going to give him a pass on this you fucking break up at 16 yeah aren't you was 16 years old at the time went out with a girl for two months which when you're Hang six on. you are in hindsight when you look back and go oh I was 16 that, that wasn't heartbreak that was just me being a winger because I was 16 but when you're actually 16 the it's the end of your fucking world oh, oh god I went out with a girl called Nikki Clark who wasn't the hairdresser and when I dumped her I had the heartbreak fucking weird little kid that I was I remember trying to get up once and my heart was so I was like I can't get out of bed so (laughs) and now if if Laura had an affair and left me I'd be like that's absolutely fine but if you fuck with my shed (laughs) that's how that's how things have changed like one like you're a bastard and I couldn't get out of bed and now I just want my tools go on you mentioned hairdresser there. I had another nickname at school for a while, which was, um, it was a long one, but it was me auntie's a stylist. Now, what happened was... Um, <laughs> so, what happened was, I, I asked me mum, could I um, could I start putting gel in me hair and making it spiky? This was in like year seven or year eight. I know where this is and going. I just had... I just had the front of me hair like spiked up so everything else was flat down with gel oh. but just the front spiked up like the Statue of Liberty right oh. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> every time he had an ice cream hold it up lad hold it up you f- <laughs> <laughs> oh shake you see <laughs> and uh I come in with me here like that for the first day. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were in technology class, you know, where you're making like woodwork and shit. And me mate, me mates were all like, "What the fuck have you done to your head?" And I was like, "It looks boss. What are you talking?" Because I loved it. I was like, "It looks amazing." And they were like, "You look like a knobhead, right?" So I went, "Well, who the fuck are you to tell me that my hair looks shit? My auntie likes it, and she's a stylist." <laughs> And your nickname right was away. the phrase you used. And can I just say, that is absolutely not true. <laughs> She's not a stylist. She never has been. I just wanted to defend me haircut. And then for like a year and a half, I'd walk in and be like, all right, my auntie's a stylist, lad. <laughs> oh, God. How, mate, you're fucking... How, we were doing one syllable, just like dad names. You, you guys were doing fucking... Like actually ripping off as a nickname a phrase you used in self-defense. Yeah. Mwah. Little fucking bastards. Funny though. <laughs> Who was your first <laughs> I love the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> Stood there with a fucking cornetto. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me On your the rocket trip. <laughs> Bring me your fucking huddle masses. (laughs) (laughs) 
fan I'm art, so guys, I'm... fan art. I want Adam Rowland as the Statue of Liberty with a fucking cornetto in the hand and his face and some fucking 90, or early noughties, like... And then my auntie's a stylist. Please, for the love of shit, someone who's got Photoshop and some time. I'm stood there with me, gammy eye. Roe, can you see? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a fire. <laughs> Quasimodo. <laughs> oh, please. If someone does a really good fan art of that, I'll stick it in the fucking studio when we get the studio. I, I've, I, I just there's something classic about never mind lions maybe a lion in the background but oh mwah, mwah, mwah. who was your who was your did you have a girlfriend at 16 say that again sorry did you have a girlfriend at 16 um your yeah, ma was your girlfriend sorry go like you just none of us were in like serious relationships but we were just like we'd all be sort of fucking around with different girls and just had a couple was like of a kids group of like 20 them. lads and it like 20 girls and it was like one big swinging session to be honest with you one day you'd be necking that one the other day you'd be necking her <laughs> <laughs> do you remember do you remember how how fucking quickly you got over it like oh my god I'll never forget you Becky eight days later oh yeah that was years ago that was years eight ago days about an hour and a half been amazing <laughs> College dues where you got off with five girls. Don't oh, leave me. I could never night. live without you, Beck. Honestly, I swear to God, an hour and a half later, you're fingering a mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on. <laughs> Adam, it's time to get out there and finger new women. Oh, college dues. How many girls you get off with? We used to get off with as many girls as you could get. And you just wanted... It was. It literally just became yeah. like fucking pumping the stats up. Five got off with five girls. You're like, yeah, man, I got off with six. Absolutely. Yeah, it, was all, it was all quantity over quality, wasn't fucking it? Fucking hell, thank God COVID-19 wasn't knocking about in the late 90s in Preston. You've had a, had a fucking nightclub full of college do kids just dead by the end of the night. Just well, we used to have something called the Frenzy. Which, uh, went, went. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That's the most aggressive branding for a college do. Yeah, we used to call it a college do, now we call it you're a gonna, frenzy. You're going to shit yourself with excitement in a second. This wasn't a college, this was like in year five and six. So you're How talking like you? being eight, like ten. So, oh, but it was like a school disco sort of thing, but it wasn't at the school. It was at, um, was at a function room in Heighton called the Heighton Suite. And you'd just go there as like an 11, 10 year old. And the objection, the objective was to just neck as many girls as you possibly could. Speed snogging. Yeah. Wow. I mean, was there any music? Was there any music? It just sounds so grim. In my head, I'm like, was there like dancing? Was there like punch or something? It just sounds like dog fighting with horny children. Like, nah, your fucking mum and dad come in with you on a chain. Like, hey, look at him. Look at him. He's a fucking feisty one. Let's go on, Alan, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, it was like classics back then as well. Now, usually I don't do this, but oh. Uh... Go ahead, giving our little kiss to the remix. Now I'm not trying to be a fool. Hey, pretty girl, feeling you. Give me that boop boop. Give me that peep peep. I'm blue, dabba dee dabba. And it's easier singing that because they're not really rapey fuckers, you know. My mind's telling me no. Yeah, I I think I kissed a girl to R. Kelly. Singing remix to Ignition, and I reckon she was still older than the one he fucking wrote it about. <laughs> oh, oh, god! Well, that that first section was very career-based and serious, wasn't it? But what was? What are we on about? So you've got to break up arguments. <laughs> not gonna be as good is it oh just i've just got the image of you like horny little fucking 10 year old adam on a dog lead like whoa adam we're not even in there yet lad <laughs> just ready to just come out of dick reduction surgery as well 
Oh, ready to go. Fucking 11 inches smaller and walking walking in a straight line for the first time in his childhood. There he is, big dick off to the left. We had to, we had to get his dick tracked and balanced. Yeah, Adam's not good on sports day because his, his massive knobs are real hindrance. He started off in the 100 metres and he ended up at the fucking Church of England school around the corner. I was good at rounders, though. <laughs> 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 just gets one erection home run fuck he's still done it off he goes <laughs> oh, I don't oh. give a fuck what this kid's written it doesn't matter can we just move on <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just swinging your big child dick boom <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 I hope everyone else thinks this is funny, otherwise this is the worst podcasting ever. Oh god. This isn't crying the ass. This isn't even the drinky one. This is the sober <laughs> one before the drinky one. Uh, oh my god. Mm. Oh. oh, it's my wife's uh, birthday, so- and she's just—I can hear her. She's in the other room, and I can think she just heard me shout, "Child's dick!" <laughs> Happy birthday to you! Oh, oh. was sixteen years old at the time. Oh, God, I can't even remember the story. <laughs> He's not very proud of this one. But, I mean, let's just see what, how it goes. Was sixteen years old at the time. Went out with a girl for two months, which, when you're sixteen, is the equivalent of being married for fourteen years. Broke up with her over text, Stone Cold Killer, and half an hour later asked if she thought, <laughs> text her again and asked her if she thought this other girl would want to go out with him. Said, so not exactly my proudest moment. Yeah. I mean, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's 16 and he was thick, but that is fucking super stupid, isn't it? And oh, why are you crying? I gave you 30 minutes. Fucking hell. <laughs> You don't even know the other girl. <laughs> oh. oh, text. When I was fucking 16, what, what year was that? 1997. Did we even have phones? You had to 1897. Ring. Yeah, 1897. You had to ring. Hello? Hello? Pen with them three. Um, Operator? Operator. Finger blaster lady. Yeah, you had to ring. If you wanted to ring a girl's house, you had to speak to her dad. That was always fucking brutal. <sighs> did, did you ever get rejected by one of the, the dads? Did you ever get a I'm not having any talks of fucking you, mate? Yeah, I mean at the time you at the time you you'd you'd be like girls who you liked and they'd have like grumpy you'd be like a bit scared of their dad, you're like you don't fuck with never go anywhere near Lauren's house. Lauren was fit and you'd be like, but a dad does not fuck about like piss off like really like straight even sees you anywhere near the end of the drive, out of the door, t- telling you to fuck off. And then there was other, and now at the time you're like, he's just grumpy, or like so, like that girl's dad's sound, and you realise they just knew exactly what you're about. You were 15, 16, you were, <laughs> you're just like little fucking Alan on a chain, <laughs> like a rabid, horny little dog at the fucking front door, and like some dads like, yeah, no, it's fine, and then those ones that were being dicks about it were just like, yeah, I know exactly why you're here. Get the fuck away from my house. It just becomes that bit bit in Bad Boys. You know where, where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence oh, and the guy knocks that's on the my door. Favorite scene, apart that, my my favorite scene in any film is when the Joker interrupts the gangsters meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the the Dark Knight, when the the Chinese fellas on the the telly. Yeah, that's my favorite scene. My second favorite scene is Reggie. Who the fuck is Reggie? <laughs> How old are you? Sixteen. Motherfucker, you at least thirty. <laughs> It's Will Smith's bit, isn't it? Because he's acting like a pissed up gangbanger who's just got out of prison. I just got out of jail and I ain't going back. I ain't going back. I made love to a man. That, want to? That, if anyone is thinking about being a uh, bec- becoming a dad at any point, when it, it, it must have happened within about, I'd say it was about 15 seconds, 
when we found out at the scan at the 20 week scan what uh, what sex our child first child was going to be and they were like it is do you want to know and we were like yeah they were like it's a girl and I was like oh my god and Laura cried and like oh it's, it's exciting and about 15 seconds later I was Will Smith and Martin Lawrence from fucking bad boys going motherfucker you at least 30 you instantly <laughs> just become that like <laughs> um yeah, being 16 was fucking tumultuous. But yeah, fucking texting your mate. Texting to be like, um, what's your mate saying? I think, I mean, this is a super long term, but I'm assuming this podcast is going to run forever until one of us dies. I reckon Eight the years. first time <laughs> your daughter says, can what? a boy come and pick us up? Me and you should recreate that scene. And they'll be so young, they'll be like, what the, why are they doing references from olden day films? <laughs> that's when you'll be old as well. Yes. Yeah. That's the equivalent of like us doing it now and referencing like a Charlie Chaplin film. <laughs> now you come here, see? <laughs> so, uh, that was, we did one breakup story and just wandered off. Okay, it's so good though. It's great. I've got another. We've got. We've got more. We'll come back to it. That's too good. <laughs> oh, I've had a, such a good time. I need a little bit of a relax while we speak to a sponsor. <clears throat> Here's Vauxhall Comedy Club. Now then, everyone, let's have a quick word about Vauxhall Comedy Club in that there London town. Now, obviously, there is a fucking pandemic going on. No one's going comedy for a while. But as soon as they are, if you live anywhere near London, if you're down visiting in London and you fancy some stand-up, some of the best comics in the world will be playing Vauxhall Comedy Club, which is, surprise the fucking prize, in Vauxhall. So basically, they've helped the podcast out massively by sponsoring it in our time of need. And when we're out of the fucking bunker, when we do our first live, tour of this podcast the have a word show for london will be at the Vauxhall comedy club if you're down there and you fancy seeing some stand-up after the apocalypse give Vauxhall comedy club a try in the meantime give them a follow on instagram at Vauxhall comedy club on twitter at Vauxhall comedy and on facebook they're just Vauxhall comedy club join the mailing list so they can tell you when they're reopening and what they're doing it's VauxhallComedyClub.com. adam's already played this room i'm really looking forward to playing it they do a bottomless booze ticket on a Friday and Saturday night you get 90 minutes of stand-up excellent TV comedians up-and-coming talent and also bottomless beer and wine there's a spirit and mixer ticket for 35 quid there's just entry for 10 be a good egg give them a little follow and we'll see you there after all this shit has blown over Vauxhall Comedy Club the tits you are listening to the funniest podcast in the game it's Have A Word with Adam Rowe and Dan Nightingale that was so funny I haven't laughed like that for ages. Oh, I love it when when you and me catch each other like that. <laughs> God almighty. Oh, um, so got uh, the have a word section. Time for have a word with Adam and Dan. Sends all the problems that they have with your friends. Um, He's tired from laughing. That's why it's not something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a message first, though, which is sort of uh, about yesterday's episode. So yesterday we had someone get in touch about the uh, the old dribbling in your pants after uh, urination. Oh, no. You know, and you got a bit of piss in your kecks. Remember yeah. that, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Um, so someone called Tomo got in touch with us via Instagram. <clears throat> uh, says, Adam, just listening to your latest podcast and have some wise words to pass on. I am up to the part where you're talking about dribbling after a piss. I am 32. And up until two years ago, I always suffered from this. Sometimes I'd have a little dab of bog roll to speed up the shape process. So yeah. he'd just like dab it with a bit of, like he'd wipe his dick basically the same way you would wipe your bum. Yeah. Um, although probably with not as much velocity. Yeah. Um, anyway, one of my mates caught me doing the little dab of toilet roll. <laughs> oh God. Ow. How did that happen? <laughs> just checking. You've, you've shaked... Dave it's not like there's toilet roll accessible at a urinal either you were sharing a cubicle together or he was in your bathroom while you were having a piss I always take Kleenex to the urinal <laughs> <clears throat> and then you've got a little fucking piss hanky and that's even worse one of my mates caught me doing a little dab of the toilet roll and after the inevitable ripping he passed down some amazing information which is get your balls out when you go for a piss 
next time you do it, try it. Feels a bit weird, but no more dribbling after putting your member away. Changed me life. You need to inform the masses. Whoa. You're welcome. Sorry for not emailing, but I was in a rush to share this information. Tomo. So what was he doing? Just lowering the, the, the elasticated line under Below the dick him, and then over the balls? Yeah. I already lower it below the balls. I do as well. And I'm so glad that we're on the same fucking page here. This is mental. <laughs> Who just gets their willy out? Of course, that's going to make you dribble more because you're going to trap the pipe in the elastic yeah, and it's going to keep some of the... You're doing an asphyxia piss every time you... You're literally... You're strangling your dick. <laughs> Tomo the dick strangler. That's who's fitting <laughs> in. in um... It, Who chokes their dick? Is you know what this just made me think of? Why is there a on boxer shorts and stuff? Why is there a little like who has ever stuck their dick through the hole? Me? What? Who's weed if through? I've just got undies on. I just get me dick and balls out the hole. What? Pull it through? Yeah. No, no. I had him lying. <laughs> no, no, no. This is all no. Why is this weird? It's there for a reason. You pull your dick and your balls through, you have a piss, you shake, you spray it with deodorant, you put it back in. <laughs> Is this how you knew your dick was too big as a child when you couldn't fit your big dick through the through the wife fronts? Yeah. I had to get specially made undies for about six months. <laughs> like trying to, put, trying to put a shoebox through a letterbox, like, what the fuck? It, it won't, mum! It won't fit! Uh... <clears throat> We, I, I love it how he's. I've, I need. I just stopped everything, and I've had to message you on social media. I needed to get this information because now I realise there's a whole world of lads, elasticates, asphyxia pissing. I don't think they are. Are they? No, I'm not. Write into us, tweet us, and let us know if you just get your willy out or you get your dick and your balls out. Which one is it? Do you go full dick and balls? That'll be option A. I'll do a poll on Twitter. Is it full dick and balls or is it just your little member? Which one do you do? Because we think Tomo is fucking mental. Okay. I remember Daniel Kitson, one of the greatest stand-ups of uh, in British comedy history, just doing a great bit where he's like, "Do you ever uh, do you ever just do a uh, do you ever enjoy doing a poo so much that you take your pants off to really savour it? Have you ever done that? Where you just you know you need a poo and you just literally." take all your pants off and go naked from the waist down to have a shit no you've never done that you mean like not have your pants around your ankles literally take them off your ankles just take them off and just like literally poo poo completely free no I only do that sometimes I feel weird like I sleep naked right there's a nice visual for you but if I get up in the middle of the night for a shit I can't take any fucking sorry I couldn't resist I sleep naked, but if I get up in the middle of the night for a poo, after I've done having a poo, I have to put undies on. Because you're a gentleman. <laughs> because you're a gentleman. Because you're no longer... No, come on. Yeah, of course. That makes total sense. Who sleeps... Are you really sleeping naked? Middle of winter? I If I could, if I wasn't with Jade, in the middle of winter, I would sleep totally naked with the window open while it was snowing. I like being. I like the room being cold so that I can warm myself up. I've got a theory. You can always warm yourself up. Very hard to cool yourself down. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> never mind. Get your balls out while we in little fucking <laughs> thermostat over here. It's not actually. It's not. It's not bad. You can. You can't. Yeah, I get. I get it. But would you, have, would you have to have the heating on? Off. Would you have to have the heating what? on while the window was open in the middle of winter? No, I don't like the heating on ever, unless I'm trying to dry clothes. Yeah, you've got some. This is a. I uh, like being cold. Yeah, I'm a I'm a hot blooded, big lad, independent black woman. <laughs> <laughs> mama like, mama like. Oh, uh, do you want to have a word? I do. That was a really good one. I love it when people do stupid shit like that. Hi, Adam and Dave. <laughs> he called me Adam. Fuck you. Uh, we'll hi, we'll Adam and Dave. I just want to start off by saying I'm loving the podcast. I've been listening from the start. Nice one, Curtis, bro. Where is um, 
I'd like you to have a word with all these people that think it's okay to set fireworks off during the clap for the NHS. So if no one's aware of this, if you're listening from abroad, at the minute in the UK, every Thursday at 8pm, people go out onto their streets and they clap their hands for our national health services, nurses and doctors who are helping the country get through the coronavirus. He wants us to have a word with the people who set fireworks off during this time. He says, I get what they want to celebrate and that the NHS deserves this but the fireworks have to stop it's causing distress to all the dogs and not to mention it could be counterproductive you can injure yourself using a firework and if you end up in the icu you're taking a bed up that could be used by somebody with the rona thanks lids have a word from curtis what do you reckon on that daniel yeah curtis is absolutely bang on november the 5th let them all let it go let it go. Love it. I love fireworks. I think it's great fun. I'm not even. I'm not a fan on New Year's Eve. It's like this is very American. I've been. I've been in the states on New Year's Eve. They don't have bonfire night. They let theirs rip on uh, Independence Day in the middle of summer, and they go New Year's Eve. It's really loud at midnight, so that's different. But over here on New Year's Eve, I'm like, oh, you fucking bell ends. It's only... And also, you can understand the Americans doing it. What is it? July the 4th, Independence Day, and then New Year's Eve. But, like, when you've had November the 5th, like, who's a month and a half, two months later going, let's do it again? It's just annoying. And right now, Curtis, you're bang on. I tell you what, that is very astute to say that. And it's rough cunts as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. There's no fucking <laughs> middle class. There's no no archaeologist or like, or like, oh, I tell you what, darling. I think we should really show our support fully with a good firework display to say thank you to social workers, carers, nurses and doctors. It's just fucking rough ass cunts. Well, I like taking the opposite side to you, as you know, because I think it's funny. But I I can't disagree with this. As, as you all know, I've got my dog little mini the minstrel and um she why are you laughing at you you just you really there's a couple of things that are weird with you where we just you, you you've got a very defined personality and i think it's why a lot of this people the people love your stand up and this podcast but if you go just you can you can get diverted by a couple of things liverpool football club it stops being funny instantly it's no jokes end of jokes and mini the minstrel you actually said that with thousands of people listening i've got a dog mini the minstrel it's so out of character it's almost disturbing you little baby mini the minstrel i know, I know. you're going to be a great dad one day mini minstrel that's what I shout across the park. Manny Minstrel! <laughs> come here, baby! He's a good girl. Manny! Anyway. <laughs> I've got Manny the Minstrel. <laughs> what? This is weird. This is funny. I've got Manny the Minstrel, the dog, and she is petrified of fireworks. If a firework went off now, and people have been setting off during the day, which is fucking weird, by the way, if, if a firework went off now, she'd go and hide in her bedroom. She's got her own bedroom, by the way. Um, it's under the stairs. There's dog wallpaper under the stairs. She's got a little Harry Potter room. It's dog wallpaper. <laughs> dog bed in there. Mini the Minstrel's little house. There's a little sign on the that hangs. Uh, there's no door in it anymore. It's just a gap. We've took the door off. And there's a little sign that hangs from the doorframe that says, Dogs welcome, humans tolerated. It's adorable. Um, she she will go and stay in that bedroom all day she won't eat she won't sleep properly she'll refuse to go out for a walk if a firework goes off it's horrible now if it was up to jade if jade was prime minister she would ban fireworks completely including november the 5th including new year's eve she'd ban them completely i wouldn't go that far i think november the 5th is a tradition and new year's eve as well i think is another one i know they're quite close together i get what you're saying but i think it's it's a long-held tradition i go do you know what those two nights your dog just has to be a bit scared. But every fucking Thursday at the minute, they're going off and me dog's shitting itself, mate, and I'm having fucking none of it anymore. If I see anyone with a fucking firework, I am going to write a strongly worded letter to your MP. <laughs> oh, my God. Get the ombudsman involved. If you if you fucking, if you fucking fire a firework, I'll fucking fire a firework at you. And that's how nuclear war starts. Um... <laughs> Yeah, all right. I, I, I'm with you, man. It's very sensible. But it's, it's rough, continent. It's just rough, selfish dickheads. It's the, the Stop kind, being classist. Just because you've got a fucking four-bedroom house in Chester. The kind of bellends that yeah, are like, pumps. we've all bought 
we've all bought quads. Should we ride them around without helmets and terrorise people? That's the same cunts. And <laughs> <laughs> when you used to have a go at me for getting angry at the end. <laughs> that just pisses me off. Just be better, no, sir, no, be better well. humans. Have you seen... Have you seen that video from last night on Westminster Bridge? Have you seen it? No. So last night for the clap for the NHS at 8pm, a load of police cars stopped on Westminster Bridge. They put all the sirens on and they did a big clap for the NHS. But there was also about 500 people on the bridge all crammed right next to each other, clapping for the NHS. And it's like, you gang of fucking dickheads. What's the message here? Do you know what? We really appreciate you so much that we're willing to risk infecting all each other. We're going to stand next to each other. We'll clap you. But one of us might end up needing your care in a couple of days. Stupid, selfish, gobshite cunts. Right. Okay? We've got an idea here at the Height and Suite. We've got a great idea to support the NHS. Every Thursday at 8pm we're having the frenzy back. Get your kids. Get them down. We'll have the fucking clap. It's fucking insane. And the police, there's police stopping people in Liverpool at the minute, questioning where they're going. They're stopping cars going, what journey are you making? Is this essential? You go in the shop. Is it for essential items or do you just want some chocolate? We want to know exactly what you're fucking doing. There's a load of fucking busies on this bridge just watching people all crammed together. There's holding kids and everything. There's old people there and they're doing fuck all. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke, mate. Uh, if one of them set a firework off, Adam would lose his absolute, actual mind at this point. <laughs> Oh, that's a pod, isn't it? Oh, beautifully done. Beautifully done. And we'll see you, Tomozzi's, for the lockdown lock-in. Do you fancy it? You still, you got a yeah. bev in you? I I'll have a bevy tomorrow, mate, yeah. I'll nice have a few, few jars with you. Uh, I'm going to go and get some. I've got no beer left, um, and I don't want to drink gin again. I'm going to go and get some beers uh, from the shop in a minute. <laughs> Is it <laughs> essential? Is it essential? I need, I need to do a big shop anyway, so go fuck yourself. Right. Um right. So, got a song for you. Today's band is called Hegarty. Now, Hegarty have been featured on the podcast before. They're very popular with our listeners, Hegarty. Uh, and they've got a brand new single coming out on Monday. And that's what we're going to play for them today. So when this comes out on Monday, go to all the usual streaming channels. I imagine it's going to be on them all, Amazon, Spotify, and all that sort of thing. And of course, on YouTube. This song is called More to Life Than This. Uh, Hegarty have a Facebook page, which is just Hegarty, H-E-G, a-R-T-Y They have a Twitter Which is Hegarty Official And lastly Their Instagram Is We Are Hegarty This is Hegarty The song is More to life than this We'll see you tomorrow For the lockdown locking See you lads Bye Felicia Bye
Whisper me sweet nothing secret words all 